Well, is there such a thing right now as a happy Friday? Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Uh, I'll tell you what is good. We are going to get through all of this. And if if, if the patterns hold, and I expect they will, and all the people, professionals that I talk to, suspect the same it is probably three to four more weeks it's going to be rough and then it's going to level and then it's going to drop off and the amount of preparation now that has been done is being done is uh, it, it is uh, the biggest effort we'll ever see in our lifetime at the fast uh, it's like at the speed of light Everything that is happening here. Um, anyway, well, we do have some good news. And as much as there is a healthcare workers union discovered a massive stockpile of N95 masks, you know, the ones that Joe Biden and and Barack Obama never replenished after the N1H1 outbreak. Anyway, union representing healthcare workers said they located 39 million N95 masks and we're connecting their supplier to hospital, state and local governments, etc. The uh, we've talked a lot about hydroxychloroquine uh, along with the azithromycin and the anecdotal results. Dr. Oz will weigh in on that later in the program today. Um, but the good news is the six million donated doses from Israel have arrived and for, they're going to give us another four million and we've been putting people on the air, and Dr. Oz has done some amazing work with other doctors around the country, informing people that, you know, they're not getting any bad news at all that he has seen or shared with us, but we'll get an update from him later in the program today. Um, businesses, again, are stepping up big time, as they always do. We are the United States of America. Um, there is moments like this that you got to pause. you got to stop. You start thinking, you start looking, you start, you know, you, you see a landscape emerging. And, and to the credit of so many people, you see the best in people. You know, we look, I always say, as Barry Farber had said, the great talk show host, legend, pioneer of this industry, never been a country in the history of man that has accumulated more power, abused it less than us. And I take it one little step further, having learned from him, uh, that has used that power for the advancement of the human condition. That's what we, that's who we are. That is what we do. And you see all of these businesses, you see all of these healthcare workers, you see our medical researchers and scientists and doctors and first responders and nurses and every other American on the front line to help their fellow men and women in need it's 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 inspiring and and the list is not small it is dramatic it is america at its best it is american exceptionalism we always talk about american exceptionalism here uh you see the long list i'll start putting all these up on hannity.com of all the things that the president has done every step that he has taken every you know step of the way um we now know that FEMA has already distributed millions and millions of N95 masks, uh, face masks. They're all getting out there in record time. President kind of hit GM a little bit today, and GM responded, no, 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 we just brought back a 1,000 workers. We're, we're getting right to the bottom of this immediately. 
Um, I watch with amazement. I cannot believe here it is ground zero in New York. This is the number one terror target, most likely terror target in the entire United States. If you're going to have a health pandemic or any type of pandemic, it's it's pretty good odds that when you have millions of people in such close proximity as you do in New York City, that you're going to be on the front lines of whatever that pandemic is. And every single day you watch the, the governor of New York and he speaks authoritatively. He really does. He sounds like he's in control. And comrade de Blasio, I don't even know what to say about this. He's just a bumbling fool. And and I watch these guys and I'm like, every single day. They're, you know, so the president of the United States is setting up and building with the core engineer, um, what do you call it? the Corps of Engineers, um, at four separate hospitals in New York. Now they were able to advance the movement of this U.S. Navy hospital up to New York Harbor. It's leaving tomorrow. It'll be available for the people of New York. They just got 4,000 ventilators sent this week to New York. And even Cuomo says, no, we don't need them now, but we think we're going to need them. I had 400. I need 30,000. Okay. Why didn't you prepare for them? We told you about the case, Washington Post article, 2015. It makes you wonder. Now, what makes me and has made me so confident that we're going to get through this is because I do have faith, trust, hope, belief, because we've in American ingenuity, American genius, American entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. I mean, all the businesses that have stepped up, that they are going to they're going to step up when needed, when called upon. And it is all happening and unfolding before our eyes. Uh, it's it, at times it's sloppy and difficult. You know, you need to prepare yourself emotionally for what we told you was coming now for weeks that you're going to see this, this rapid rise in the numbers of people with more testing that have contracted the coronavirus. But I urge you to please remember the vast majority of those that will have contracted coronavirus are not going to need to be hospitalized and they are going to fully recover. As we continue to work on treatments, for example, for the sickest patients, that combination of hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin is showing great promising results. There's a trial going on right now in New York. I don't like the idea that no doctor can prescribe it on his own unless you you are forced into the the government trial. If you even want any chance of getting hydrochloroquine, uh, that's not fair to everybody. Uh, there are people hoarding it. Well, we, we now have Bayer and another pharmacy company that are now pumping it out left and right. So there'll be plenty for everybody in short order as the numbers begin to rise and as hopefully the success numbers continue to grow. And and the technology we now learned yesterday, ventilators can now be converted to serve up to four separate patients at a time. Uh uh, the head of the president's uh, coronavirus task force, Vice President Pence, said yesterday that anesthesiologists have figured out a way to convert their machines fairly easily into ventilators. Should we need more? He said that would mean tens of thousands more available. The goal would be not to get to the point that we need all of that. Uh, but clearly we have the triage capability. We're targeting the areas where there's the heaviest concentration of people that have contracted the virus. And, you know, anytime with all of this happening and the president rewriting the books 
and you never get a pat on the back. Wow, the president did a great job with that travel ban. The president got us, is building us four hospitals. The president sending in the Navy hospital ship. Uh, the president has sent up the ventilators. The president has done this. No, you don't, uh, you get, you don't even get a thank you hardly out of these guys. All you get is, I need more, more, now, hurry. And I've got to wonder, well, why didn't you all prepare for what is predictable for a city like New York? The lack of preparation is is breathtaking to me. The president has directed the federal response. He's helping every single state in need, in need. And everything they've asked for so far, they have all gotten and gotten in record time. Everyone acknowledges New York is the epicenter. I grew up in New York. I want New York taken care of. I don't want anybody to die. As the president had to answer the question the other day, how many deaths are acceptable? Uh, how about none? Nobody wants anybody to die. I wish we didn't lose tens of thousands of Americans every year to the flu. I wish that 60.8 million Americans didn't contract H1N1 in 2009 and 10. Uh, I wish 13,000 people didn't die in that pandemic in the first year. I wish hundreds of thousands of Americans weren't hospitalized during that pandemic. You know, but the president is, you know, every step of the way, there's a long list. We'll put it on Hannity.com. All of it is going. They're even turning the Javits Center into an additional hospital. Another thousand beds. And the same thing is going on out in California. And that means all the accompanying medical supplies. I, how is it New York hospitals were not prepared for something like this? It, it would think to, that you would have these plans in place immediately, knowing that New York would be a terror target. New York would have bigger problems when there are pandemics like this. And, you know, and the camp, the complaining, the complaining, it's never good enough, never thank you, nothing. Um, and then there's, oh, we're only getting 3.8 billion of this thing. No, you're getting 40 billion. And if you have a problem with the bill, Donald Trump doesn't write bills. Talk to your Senate minority leader, fellow New Yorker, Chucky Schumer about it. Um, how come you are acting totally helpless and just saying, we need this, we need that, we need that. What are you doing to get these things together? Last year, New York spent $170 billion. That's a lot of money. You know, and the, and the city, what, $90 billion. You know, with, I mean, th these are massive amounts of money. They didn't have any stockpile of any medical supplies, masks, ventilators, respirators, nothing. Gowns, gloves. They, I, it's like they have nothing. They had like a week supply. That is unconscionable. But, they, you know, while Cuomo was busy, you know, he actually spent $750 million for a sol solar panel factory. Yeah, that didn't work out. They had to close it down. Uh, $90 million for a light bulb company in California that they were going to work with in New York. That closed down, too. $600 million for a computer chip factory that sits empty. And Cuomo... Again, 2015 was warned that New York would need additional ventilators to manage any future pandemics, but he chose instead. He assembled a task force to determine how the state's 2,000 ventilators already on hand would be rationed. That's what he did. This is Cuomo's third term as governor, de Blasio's second term as mayor. They should have been more prepared. Hospitals should have been more prepared. But with that said, it's all going to get done. All the supplies are arriving and uh, but this this blame and this lack of appreciation is nauseating because it's the American taxpayer around the country uh, that are going to end up fitting the footing the bill for all of this, which, by the way, is the right we understand. 
when nobody's begrudging New York the help they need, because if we stop at New York, it's less likely to go anywhere else. We need to stop it. You know, dem- that this hellacious week that it has been now we've been waiting a week to help hospitals and workers and small business and large businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And, and what did we see unfold? You know, 25 million for the Kennedy Performing Arts Center, 75 million PBS NPR, all the money for the National Endowment for the Arts, all the money for the National Endowment for Humanities. Uh, they hold the Republicans hostage and they hold American workers and American hospitals hostage. And and pretty much they put a gun to their head, politically speaking, saying, well, we're not going to do it unless you do this, 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 this and this. That does it does nothing. Then they blame when all else fails, blame Fox News. And you always blame Donald Trump. If the dog bites at the beast things, you're feeling sad. You can always blame Donald Trump. Look, we're going to get through this. We are Americans. It's all hands on deck. The good news is that the overwhelming majority of people are good. The overwhelming majority of people rise to the occasion. Then you got your price gougers. Then you got your hoarders fighting in supermarket aisles over toilet paper. And then you got your government hoarders and gougers like we watched for the last week you know, get, demanding all this money or they're not going to give people that desperately need help the help they need. They're just as guilty. Then you get the unprepared, like the mayor of New York and the governor of New York. Well, but we're not going to pay politics. We're not going to do that. By the way, Cuomo is now forcing nursing homes to accept coronavirus patients after the discharge from hospitals. I don't think that's a good idea. And he has to admit shutting down New York's economy. Uh, well, that might have been a mistake. And de Blasio... Oh, we need more than 30,000 ventilators. He's trying to out-ventilate the, the governor. Meanwhile, they're not using the, the 4,000 they've got now and the 4,000 more that are coming. And the creative ways that we can use other equipment quickly to turn it around. Remember how the mob and the media, they're whining, well, well the president's not doing enough press conferences. He has a new press conference. He doesn't want to face the press. He stays away from the press. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, uh-oh, we see him every day. They didn't want press conferences. They wanted an opportunity to, to beat up Donald Trump. Russia, Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeach, impeach. Okay, now they're getting daily updates. We need to stop them. New York Times mob reporter Michael Grimbaum writing a piece uh, this week questioning whether or not the network should air them. You look at the mob and the media, how wrong they've been. Washington Post on February First, get a grip, America. The flu is a much bigger threat than coronavirus. February 3rd, why we should be weary of an aggressive government response to coronavirus. Oh, the New York Fake News Times, uh, February 5th. Who says it's not safe to travel to China? The coronavirus travel ban is unjust. It's called the Trump virus. If you're feeling awful, you know who to blame. Well, now they want more press conferences? No, uh, we better stop airing these. He, he looks too presidential. This is not good. Uh, oh, but one other thing about New York. Uh, Governor Cuomo, why'd you spend one, uh, why did you spend, let's see, $14 million on I Love New York signs? How much is New York spending on health care for illegals when you could have ventilators and gowns and gloves and masks and respirators, Governor? All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Oh, that's Andrew. This is going to be one of the moments that they look back for generations. Yeah, and let me tell you something, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, as you waste fraud and abuse 
and lack of preparation, those are questions you're going to have to answer for. You got, you're, getting, you're getting five hospitals. You're getting a Navy hospital. You are, you've gotten 4,000 ventilators that you yourself today acknowledge you don't need right now, but you might need. And by the way, it's, it's the right thing to do. Up to nearly 40,000 cases in New York alone. The vast majority, it is ground zero. Makes sense. It's an international uh, city, New York City. We want to help the people in New York City. We want to stop the pandemic. We want people healthy. We want, we, I, I'm with the president. How many deaths are acceptable? None. We don't want any. You know, we lost tens of thousands of people to the flu this, this past flu season and every flu season. Uh, 60.8 million Americans contracted H1N1. Hundreds of thousands of Americans were hospitalized as a result of N1H1 of your Joe Biden. That's a lot of people. First year, nearly 13,000 Americans died. I don't want anybody to die. I want, a, I want a cure for cancer. I put all of this. Go look at the Hannity.com timeline. I don't have time to respond to idiots. Um, now, worldwide... We have 585,040 people that have contracted corona that we are aware of. I, I, I still can't believe China's numbers. We don't know. Worldwide, we have so far, there are 26,819 deaths. In the U.S., we're close to 100,000 that have contracted the virus, 97,028, 1,475 Americans have died as a result of coronavirus. Thank God we put the travel ban in effect. Uh, that was 10 days after identifying the first known case in the United States. Um, we're watching the mob and the media. They were telling us, oh, you know, there'll be a bunch of babies. They're the one. And, you know, the funny thing is they, they accused me that I changed. I didn't change at all. And then when I, as soon as I went back, as soon as my team went back, as soon as Linda went back, as soon as everyone else went back, well, what did we discover? January 27th, Anthony Fauci was on my television show. And, and the 27th and the 28th, I was saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, I don't like this. Because people that are asymptomatic for days and days, they are highly contagious. That's a problem, and it looked like it might be aerosol or airborne, as they say. Uh, I was saying that back in January, even before the travel ban. I saw it. I understand it. It just so happens all of my friends are doctors. I ask a lot of questions. I do have a favorite story to tell about this. I do have one doctor friend of mine. And, you know, by the, before I'll ever call a doctor, I'll have researched whatever it is to death. And one day, and, and Linda, you know who this is. So one day I call him and I start telling him, you know, everything that I learned. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, he goes, let me ask you a question. If you have all the answers, do you want to listen to Dr. Google or do you want to listen to your real doctor? <laughs> I said, all right, touche. Because if you start reading all of these things, you, you begin to get crazy. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm not a hypochondriac in any way. I, I Thankfully, God bless anybody that's healthy. We take health for granted. We really do. Um, the mob and the media, Gallup, they are the biggest loser. American people have been lied to for over three years. It is the same cast of characters that lie. It is the same cast of characters that hate and distort. Same cast of characters that slander and smear and besmirch and advance a political agenda. President's approval rating up sharply.
well, maybe we shouldn't cover these press conferences. He's doing too well. He looks too presidential. He's actually doing all of these things. You know, and that's why I'm watching Cuomo. Oh, we're going to look back at this moment. Yeah, you know, we're going to discover, Andrew Cuomo, that you didn't prepare, that you yourself in the state of New York, you wasted a fortune along with your 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 partner and chief comrade de Blasio. And we're going to see that this president has rewritten re, is rewriting the book right now. You should have known Mayor de Blasio. You should have known Governor Cuomo in your third term. That New York, after the first Trade Center bombing, after 9-11, you should have known New York is a target. Being a target, that means you need greater capability for people that might be injured in some type of terrorist attack. Uh, You are beyond ill-prepared for anything. And the same with the city. I mean, there's no excuse for for your lack of preparedness, none whatsoever. And the you know, then we go back and we start looking at the monies that you spent over the years. It is unconscionable. Then you lie to the people in New York. We're only getting three point five billion. We're being left behind. Well, Chuck Schumer even contradicts you. You're getting well over forty billion dollars. Not only that, the president has directed the federal government to get you all the help that you need. We now know that the president approved a major disaster declaration for New York. That gave you access to billions of dollars. You will have this coming Monday a U.S. Navy hospital ship with a 1,000 beds in New York Harbor. The president did that for you, too. The president now has ordered, and we have begun the process of building with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, the construction of four hospitals with 4,000 beds and converting the Javits Center into an additional hospital. That's six new hospitals you're going to have ready in a case of a worst-case scenario. You got 4,000 ventilators this week, and you got more on the way. You got hundreds of thousands of masks and gloves and other medical gear that I can't believe you yourself didn't prepare for because you had a lot of money for a lot of other things. And you will get the money needed to take care of the people in New York. It's in the country's best interest to prevent New Yorkers from getting other people sick. Ron DeSantis in Florida was right to say, if you're coming from New York, you got to quarantine yourself two weeks. Don't bring your disease here. I'll tell you another thing that Florida ought to do. They ought to, they ought to have a test. Don't bring uh, with New York after you've ruined that city and that state. Don't bring your liberal policies to our state and ruin uh this state the way you ruin the state you just came from i mean i look at the money that they wasted they have 170 billion dollars new york state spent last year alone what another 90 billion in new york city it's insane amounts of money you know when you wasted 750 million dollars governor on a solar panel factory that you had to close down because it failed how many gowns how many masks how many respirators how many ventilators could you have purchased or your $90 million debacle with a, a, a partnership and a light bulb company. Or the $600 million you wasted on a computer chip factory. Or the fact that you were warned in 2015, you were the governor then, that you needed more ventilators, but you got a task force together to determine what? How the state's 2,000 ventilators already on hand should be rationed. By the way, you know, it's not a matter of just having ventilators. You need people that know how to operate them. I mean, it's unbelievable. Anyway, confidence in the president is way up. Gallup 
the biggest the biggest failure in this is the mob and the media. By the way, Joe Biden, uh, uh, everybody's freaked out about Joe Biden. Every Democrat I know is like, what the hell is going on? I mean, four yesterday debacles. You know, we hold these truths, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I guess it's better than we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal and doubt by, by, by the thing. You know, the thing. It's a disaster. Then the five other gaffes yesterday. Now they're trying to stop the gaffes by stopping the live streaming that they can't even get on the air half the time. Now he's got a sexual assault charge against him. Democrats now have hit the panic button as Biden now had to drop off the radar screen because he can't talk and coherently and give anybody any confidence of anything. I'll say one last thing and we'll get to our guests. Uh, it is relevant that they wouldn't. You're, it's hysteria, xenophobia, and it's fear-mongering the travel ban. No, that saved thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans from contracting the virus and exponentially thousands from dying. And it bought us needed time to prepare. And you... On that day, we're against it, and you're still against it. Pretty dumb on your part. Anyway, uh, oh, now there is the other side of this. There's the Mike Lindells. There's the GM. I won't mention all the companies. I'll scroll it again on TV tonight. He now is working to make masks using his MyPillow.com uh, facilities. Tyler Merritt is also with us, founder of Nine Line Apparel. Uh, just two companies, and I just wanted to give a tip of the hat to both of them. Uh, thank you both. Uh, Mike, tell us what you're doing in your factories in Minnesota. I've completely uh, turned over one 200,000-square-foot facility. I've got everybody working. Uh, we're up to about 10,000 masks a day. I want to get up to 50,000 or as many we, as we can produce. Um, Sean, I want to quickly say something that, by, that if I can. I reached out uh, to the president, let him know this. What we're hearing... What we are hearing is, with his approval rating, these it's, with the fake news out there, these are people on the left. I got a text from a friend of mine. I'm sure you know I'm not a huge President Trump fan, but God bless him. He's handling this crisis like a champ. I think he's winning me over. That's what's happening out there because people are seeing it for themselves, the great job he's doing and the great things that we're doing in the, in the private sector as manufacturers, and we're getting around all the CNNs and MSNBCs and all this fake news so i'm glad you're bringing oh, by the it way out i have a, i have an update out. from cuomo but I, I didn't even pick this up today he responded to a comment from the president on in my interview last night about the thousands of ventilators not being used this is his answer yeah they're in stockpile a stockpile uh that's where they're supposed to be because we don't need them yet we need them for the apex <laughs> the apex is in here they mailed them 4,000 more today. Oh, these people piss me off. Uh, Tyler Merritt, yeah, uh, tell us about Nine Line. You guys are up there. I, I, from what I understand, you guys have an innovative mask creation, and this, uh, tell us about it. Yes, yeah, so you have two different masks that you need to create. One is a containment mask. It's that uh, surgical mask variant that's not approved by the FDA because that will take upwards of forever with our current bureaucracy. So the, the idea is you want to protect our doctors and nurses. You know, my mom is a nurse right now fighting on the front lines because all of her nurses are getting sick. So when they walk into an environment that is full 
of this virus. They need those individuals to try to contain as much as they can from going out into the air. So it's literally just a shirt that is cut very specifically, and we can go upwards of 100 million of these by next week. So far, we've received over 50,000 online orders that we've gotten out the door, and we have converted our 200 employees to be ready to ramp up. We think we can get to about 1.5 million per day in the next week or so, but um, I'm now, are these proven to prevent fight. the trans- transmission of this? There is a chemical additive that is being introduced to them and being tested that will help, again, with that uh, uh, being able to contract. But that, that is more of a preventative mask. That's that N95 variant that everyone is looking to create. And we have a bunch of very smart engineers and very smart scientists all working together, actually working with Dr. Pete, who I'm sure you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are, we are trying to come to that solution that meets uh, an ability to scale, to get to hundreds of millions of these out the door and to get them tested. And it's two different barriers, but we, we've handed over all the manufacturing overseas. It, our manufacturing capabilities here for things like this are, are nowhere. And I think people are starting to realize that you can't outsource something like PPE. It's become something that is very important for not only our first responders in the hospitals, uh, you know, doctors and nurses, but our, our first responders who are trying to manage the chaos. And by the way, and you, and you guys still, listen, I love my pillow products, Nine Line. You guys have the best shirts out there, the best people working. You guys want to keep your workers working. And, I, and by the way, you know I love both of your products. I hope people will consider ordering them. We'll put them prominently on Hannity.com, uh, considering you're stepping up to help your country in the interim. But you guys got to keep the doors open too, right? That's getting increasingly more oh, difficult with these, these new regulations, right. new laws that are introduced without talking to business people. You know, these laws are going to stretch me beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And, and I want to take care of my workers just like everyone else does. But you can't add that type of economic strain onto small businesses. You'll make them collapse. And, and no one is working together mm-hmm. with business owners All right. and saying, Real quick, going to help you. How can people uh, get look at some of the products you're creating and also keep you in business? I, I literally I'm buying food from every restaurant around my house that I know just to just to help a little bit. I know it's not much. I try, and I hope others will do it too. Uh, MyPillow.com, Mike Lindell, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. You can get it. You can find everything there. And we're, we're can people buy masks also or no? No, they can right now. We're doing to the healthcare professionals in the hospitals, but they have no problem if they want to reach out to uh, uh, reach out to my, ml at mypillow.com with any requests for any uh, any uh, organizations, maybe uh, um, nursing homes, whatever. We're we're trying to fill everything we can. And what yeah, about you, can, you, Tyler? You can, you can get yeah. Individuals can order from our website. Just keep in mind everything that we send out. We send it out at cost. If it costs me 50 cents, I send it out at 50 cents. And we do big bulk supplies to not only hospitals, but also to military organizations, to police. And we're helping with the government contracting to keep this price gouging down. So whatever it costs me, we vowed to get it out the door for that exact cost because there's individuals and organizations out there that are charging $7 a mask. And that's ridiculous. We see the best in people and the worst in people. You two are the best in America. Thank you both. Uh, Amazing people. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show. We expect the president will be signing this uh, relief package that, well, should have been signed last week, but uh, that needed money then will be going out to the hospitals and to uh, displaced workers and small businesses and large businesses. 
uh, the needed relief that they uh, that they deserve at a time like this. Uh, so we expect that to happen. Now, while all of this goes on politically and monies are being allocated and so you know allocated to the proper places, a lot of things are happening medically. Number one, we've never broken down the sequence of a virus as quickly as we have this coronavirus. It took them about six weeks. In the past, it was years before they'd be able to do that. What does that mean? Well, that puts them on a path now. We're we're literally in phase one trials in the beginning process for a vaccine. That will save lives. The In the interim Probably the guy that has been working the hardest, and I know this for a fact. I've gotten to know Dr. Oz, and I can tell you this. I don't care if it's 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 2 in the afternoon, even if he's in the middle of taping his show in a break, he answers everybody's texts. And what he has been doing behind the scenes is looking for ways that we can treat people that contract corona not those that have no symptoms, not those that have mild symptoms, not those that just have a full-on flu but don't need hospitalization, but those that are at the highest risk of succumbing to this virus and dying. And he has interviewed and he's spoken with doctors not only all over this country but all over the world, and he is getting a lot of anecdotal data Uh, as it relates to a couple of things, hydroxychloroquine along with azithromycin, which looks very promising and is saving lives, and also a process known as convalescent plasma. But I will tell you, I am beyond impressed at the level of rigor and commitment and passion that uh, he's putting into helping people that may otherwise not make it. And uh, Dr. Oz, I know you're busy. I know you're always working and you've been so generous with your time. Welcome back to the program. You're very kind. You know, it's interesting as you were playing that open, which of course is uh, energizing to most of us. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, I, was, I got, just got an email from uh, my medical unit director who's pulling data on uh, safety profiles because obviously we don't want to have anybody hurt. And it turns out these two drugs we've been talking about that the French doctor uh, did research on, again, as you mentioned, anecdotal, but it was 20 patients. Uh, what, actually, it was 36 patients, but uh, they were broken down in different groups. And uh, th- it turns out those two medications together, azithromycin and the chloroquine, uh, have been studied uh, by the companies that make them, and they're used sometimes together in Africa, and they don't seem to have an increased risk profile, which is good, because that was the one thing in the back of my mind, is when you put two drugs together, you can't trust the safety of either one. So that's good news. And the other bit of good news I was going to share with you, I got an uh, email a few minutes ago from that French doctor, uh, Didier Volt, and Volt says that uh, they're going to publish in a few hours the clinical outcomes of their data. So the same study that showed that there was a reduction in virus uh, amount coming out of people's noses, is that now he's going to sh- share with us what the clinical outcomes were, and I'll know that by tomorrow. I just found out today, and I, I thought it was amazing that Israel had offered the United States six million tablets of hydroxychloroquine, uh, and they have arrived, and now they have committed to donate another four million doses of this. So that that ten million in, in, in total. There's a clinical trial that began this past Tuesday in New York, um, but more anecdotally, I, I've been watching your shows. It's much. much must-see TV right now. You have to see it. And you've interviewed patients that have recovered, patients that were on the verge of death, that doctors had said there's nothing more we can do. 
And then you've interviewed the doctors that have been using this off-label. It's been around since 1945. Tell us what you found. Well, again, it's people with their personal experience, but at a certain point, you become like the magnet, and all the needles come to you instead of you having to search for the needles in the haystack. And so a lot of clinicians are emailing me, the show, you're probably getting some as well, saying, I tried this in nine patients, and they seem to get better. Doctors are very circumspect. We don't like to go out on a limb, especially when we know there's no control group. So we don't know how it would have worked out if we hadn't treated them. But certainly, folks seem to I mean, they seem happy. They are happy. Uh, I wish I could add them all together and make a real clinical trial out of it. But thankfully, the government has given New York State enough pills we can do the trial here. Uh, but, but I, I think when you go to war, you march with the army you're given. That's what Governor Collier said when I asked him, because he's a doctor as well as you know. And he was practicing uh, medicine and got stuck with the same scenario that many doctors are facing. Older patients coming in, higher risk patients, and he would uh, dose with both. And he says, in his opinion, there's been a, a benefit, but he's going to actually have bigger, a real data set that he's going to share with us next week. All of this is interesting because you have a lot of people respecting the reality of the limitations of the knowledge we have, but still making decisions. And that's what leaders have to do, right, in the absence of clear data. Because if there was clear data, there's no, you know, you don't, it's not a big deal to do it. But without big data, you've got to be thoughtful and careful and then make a decision, a brave decision, about whether you're going to treat a patient or not. And that's where, we, that's where we're going to be for at least another week. I'm a little concerned because, for example, in New York State, while they've got a clinical trial going on, and I know that the federal government provided them all the hydroxychloroquine that they need, uh, the governor issued an executive order saying that anybody else that would like to use hydroxychloroquine off-label is not able to do so. And to me, uh, I don't know if that's to force people into the trial or... It almost sounds like, what, does he want to hoard all of it for his clinical study? Because there's no need with the arrival of six million doses, right? I suspect what happened is there was a lot of concern among patient advocacy groups, people who have rheumatoid arthritis and uh, lupus, saying, hey, listen, we're dependent on this drug. All these people who think they might, might one day get COVID-19 are going to buy it, store it, so just in case they'll have it. And that hoarding would make it impossible for people who desperately need the treatment to get it. Uh, there's, not, there's no other reason, because there's enough drug for the clinical trial. I actually bought a bunch of it for the clinical trial at Columbia, just sitting in a, you know, in a pharmacy there as it gets dispensed. So I, I, don't, I don't think there's a good reason. But the governor of Nevada did the same thing, and he's not doing a clinical trial. Uh, I, again, influenced by folks who are concerned. And I completely respect why that is. And I've said this again uh, and again on my show, and if it's okay, I'll repeat it. It's your patriotic duty not to hoard. I agree with that. It's your patriotic duty not to take masks. You can't do that. Listen, if I could find a way, and I've actually looked for a way, to be honest, uh, to, to, if if there's any, any country, like for example, Israel, a lot of drugs that we purchase are are made by a company called Teva, T-E-V-A. And they're the ones that donated the 6 million doses that have already arrived, and they're, they're giving 4 million more doses. Um, I would do it just to give it to you to give to people that you think need it. I mean, I, I, I'd ship in. I'll do it with you. And I will give yeah. it to – you have to have a pharmacy because it's got to be a prescription. And for everyone listening, again, you, your doctor's got to tell you to do this because you may have medical issues that would, would make us not want to give it to you. But generally speaking, we should not in America be worrying about shortages of pills. That's, a, that's the part of the puzzle we should be able to deal oh, with. That drives me nuts, too. You and I are on the same page. All right, so – is there been any example where 
you're concerned when it has been used and applied. It's been around since 1945. From what I've read, correct me, you're the doctor, if I'm wrong, they're really at the dose level we're talking about, under the circumstances we're talking about, you have to, it's not going to bring you to the blindness potential side effect, which is, as I understand it, in, in higher doses. Uh, you got to watch people that have heart conditions. What, what, have you seen anything go wrong? And have you seen more cases where, has anybody died even after they've tried this? No one's know? died that we're aware of. Uh, and again, wow. they might not tell me that, but so far, uh, in, the, in the people, you, you know, folks they've been using it on, uh, they can't, if, the, if there's been a complication, they haven't blamed it on the medications. The drug itself is pretty safe. It's pretty old, as you mentioned, uh, you know, 60, 70 years old. Uh, it's it's interesting drug to, to use because it's, it's used chronically, right? People go to Africa, they'll take it for a month or, or longer. So it has a pretty uh, healthy safety profile. I, I'm not, that's not the problem. I think the bigger concern that Dr. Fauci and other leaders in the, in the medical community have is, is you don't want to give people false hope. You don't want to say this drug's going to cure your problem. You can get sloppy on yourself, uh, uh, distancing and the quarantining. It won't be such a big deal because you got this drug to save you if you fall. We don't. We don't know that. We don't know how big a difference it's going to make. We will figure it out. And when, it, when this virus comes back in the fall, because it will, uh, we're going to be ready for it, armed, <laughs> you know, locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. What uh, do you make to- of co- convalescent plasma? Um, I know you've discussed it on your show and you've discussed it with me in the past where people get coronavirus, they recover, they have antibodies, you remove the plasma, and then the plasma is infused into those that are particularly sick. What I have read, again, anecdotally, is that it's worked very well. Well, the interesting thing about convalescent plasma uh, is that not only was it used in China when they were struggling two months ago, um, and now in the United States, uh, there are permissions that have been granted to let people use the technique, but they actually used it during the Spanish influenza, right? In 1918, they were able to do that exchange blood and uh, it, it's worked well enough that it got into the medical literature it actually this is before we understood immunology before we understood what an antibody was or immunoglobulins now we have sophisticated understandings of these and i think convalescent plasma is going to be a a, a a end of the game hail mary pass that's going to save patients uh, the question is if you wait too long of course it's too late because you give a cadaver or medication it won't work uh, and you also need to uh, to, to deal with a bunch of other potential problems when you give one person's blood to another person. That's why, although I love convalescent plasma, and I think it's a great crutch to get us where we need to go, uh, I, and I, Ian Lipkin, who's a great virus hunter, is a huge believer in it. In fact, he's going to hopefully lead the trial to show that it's impactful. But that's, again, it's a short-term strategy. Longer term, there must be 100 drugs, Sean, literally, 100 medications that are being examined that are either, either in clinical trials or getting ready to go uh, that all deal with this problem. A lot of them are repurposed medications, um, uh, uh, that like, like the malaria drug. And some of these are you know, great antivirals that have efficacy in Ebola or HIV and the like. And they also have drugs not just to, to stop the Because let's just go over, just for everybody, let's just go over what a, what a virus is. So a virus is not alive. It's just a little strand of, of in this case, RNA, a, a little strand of blueprint that's going to get into Invisible your body. enemy. That's what the president Invisible says. Enemy. Exactly right. And it, it actually uses a receptor to enter the body that's the same one that some medications use, like uh, the Losartan family of medications, these angiotensin uh, 
blockers and angiotensin converting enzyme medications. People are on, you know, all over the country are on them for high blood pressure. So it, that's why there was a concern about those medications early on. Turns out they're not really causing a problem, but some people thought, well, maybe these medications are making it easier for the virus to get it. In any case, this little blueprint gets into your cell and then it hijacks the machinery. It, it takes over the cell and it starts making itself. So you can block it getting into the cell you can block it hijacking the machinery. You can sabotage what it makes when it hijacks the machinery. And then the last thing you can do is if it's, if it's hijacked the cell and it's creating havoc in your body, you can block what that havoc is. You can literally block the mm. chemicals that it's making that, that destroys the body. Well, then, All those pathways work. And then finally, convalescent plasma, which you mentioned, if worse comes worse, you can just fire mis- missiles at the cells that have been hijacked, which is someone else's immunoglobulin. Do you see any prophylactic qualities to this? Because it keeps coming up. Um, what do you think? Well, the big prophylaxis is actually not going to be that because that, that's you know it's hard to give that to all the doctors and nurses waiting on uh, um, patients. But the bigger concern is uh, opportunity is the malaria drug that might actually mm-hmm. work as a preventive tool to to give the high risk folks. Let's just say your spouse got diabetes. You're, you're a high risk person. You're around sick people all day. Would you take it as a prophylactic? Well, I, if I was exposed to someone, let's just say someone had a cardiac arrest and I had to put a breathing tube in them. And while I was doing that, they coughed. So right in my face, I get a big plume of virus. Yes, I would take it. You would. But if I'm seeing patients from across the hall and I'm protected if I were to go see them, then, then I don't yeah. want I don't, I don't to expose myself. But I think for a lot of first responders, I mean, some of these hospitals, 25% of their staff is out. And, yeah. you know, when you quarantine a medical staff, we can still do telemedicine, right? We can help from the sidelines, but you're on the sidelines. You know, you're not going to catch a touchdown pass. You're not going to throw the touchdown yeah. pass. You're not going to block for anybody. <laughs> well, I want to applaud you again. Um, your, your passion about this is infectious, and I know you're working 24-7, and I, I really believe that lives are going to be saved because of your hard work and your digging behind the scenes and your, all the doctors you're talking to worldwide and all the anecdotal uh, evidence uh, that you've been acquiring. And, and it's going to be interesting to see as this clinical trial started Tuesday in New York, what information we'll have next week. But uh, Dr. Oz, thank you. I, uh, you're the, you're the best. We'll see you tonight. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm, I, you know, I sent you a note, but just for everybody, so Governor Collier, who again, he retired, uh, and I was practicing docs, brought up a very sensitive issue for physicians, which is, uh, are they going to be covered if, 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 a, if a mistake happens in the middle of the battlefield when they're taking care of COVID-19 patients. I know you haven't thought about it. I just want to plant the seed in that bright mind of yours mm-hmm. about whether that might make sense. And I'm not looking for blanket amnesty for mistakes because that's not fair to people getting the care. But it, this is a very uh, big problem for nurses and doctors because if they have to do their usual charting and meticulous note-taking and all the things that you're expected to do to avoid being involved in litigation, it takes them away from what they need to do now. Plus, Sometimes in the middle of what's of the craziness that's going on in some of these hospitals, there just isn't time to do everything that they need to do. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you again for what you're doing. I know you, this is your obvious calling in life to save lives. I also want to thank the guys at uh, Teva. They yeah. donated six million doses. They're donating four million more. This is an Israeli company that produces pharmaceuticals. I want to thank them publicly. They've been amazing. We can't thank you enough. Uh, you see the best in people, and then sometimes you see the worst. They're the best. You're the best. And please keep us up to speed. We'll get an update. Dr. Oz will be with us on Hannity tonight. Thank you so much for all you're doing. God bless you. Take care. You too. God bless you. Quick break. Right back. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Our medical uh, A-team will take some of your questions and calls. I know a lot of you have a lot of worry, fear, concern, anxiety. 
I've tried to say this as often as I can in the best way I can, in the most encouraging way I can. And I look, there are always things in life that are scary. There are there is there's two ways to react when things get tough in life. There's a, there's only two. And I know that as human beings, you know, if, if I find that if you have a belief in God and faith and and so on and so forth, for me, that gives you a level of confidence that you, you, you just realize a lot of this is out of our hands. There's nothing that we can do as human beings to add a single second to our life. I mean, it's not, you don't usually run through your life thinking about those types of things, but when you really think about it, you can't, there's nothing you can do to add another second to your life. It is, it's going to be what it's going to be. We are all going to die. I wish that wasn't true. I wish we could live forever. Now, if you believe in paradise, heaven, uh, my Christian faith tells me you, you believe in, and put your faith, hope, trust in, in Jesus, and that, you know, you ask forgiveness, you ask him into your heart, you change your life. Uh, repentance is from the Latin to, me, to mean to change one's heart. Repentance, change your heart. All right, so you believe in an afterlife. I know people that are compulsive warriors, compulsive they never. They worry about every single solitary thing in their life. Maybe I'm just too busy or too stupid to worry, to waste my time worrying. I have found worry to be a an energy draining, you know, waste of time because worry doesn't solve anything. Fear does not solve a single thing in your life. I mean, just to be philosophical, we're all dying. We're all going to die. I don't know anybody that is going to live forever. But we want to live as long as possible. Why do we work out like crazy? Well, we want to look better, I guess. That's part of the reason. Um, maybe vanity's part. But you, most people, a lot of people work out because they want to live healthy and, and as long as possible. And they want to be around their kids. And one day they want to be around their grandkids. And, you know, they're enjoying their life, whatever it happens to be. But... There are people you get in, you get trapped in this endless cycle where your thoughts will create feelings and your feelings will then create more thoughts and feelings and thoughts and thoughts and feelings and thoughts and thoughts. And it's just, it's endless. It's like a recording you can't shut off. You ever have a song stuck in your head? Um, whenever you hear any loss of life, I think this is what makes America so great. We have paid the price to save lives. So many lives. It's it's America that has that has led the way with so many medical advancements and treatments. Um, freedom allows us to do that. Freedom is we you know we believe that we're endowed by our Creator. Rights come from God; they don't come from man. And so you have choices here. I think you make the best decisions when you can stand back, put aside fear worry concern is okay concern is normal you know doing smart things is smart but you, you i find i would lose strategic uh, a strategic ability to think if i was in a constant state of worry like i know for example like i've had friends of mine over the years i'll get notes from them and they'll write are you okay is everything all right you sure you're okay i'm like uh why what's something wrong that i didn't know about i read this article and I'm like, um, 
well, what article are you talking about? I'm, you know, I read uh, lots of articles. And they'll say, I read this article. It's, it's terrible. You okay? You're reading these horrible things about you. And I'm like, I didn't even see it because that switch that cares about what other people think about me is long gone. You can't live your life worried what people are going to think about you. You have to find a happy medium where you have the confidence. That's actually from the Latin too, confideo, with, the, with God, with deity. Well, you can believe that, okay, you feel right in your heart in the decisions you make. My point is this. When you put the best of America, as we are now witnessing, corporations, medical researchers, doctors, scientists, frontline, brave people that, that put themselves in harm's way like we're watching, we tackle problems and we solve problems that we never thought we could solve before. And that's what's going to happen here. That is what is happening here at a level that is inspiring to me, and I hope inspiring to many of you as well. Um, and I think that's where we're going to end up in this, and I think that is where we should end up in this. So you see the rapid response to answer every single solitary concern that people have. I am, yeah, oh, the president is speaking. Hang on. Any relief ever signed? It's uh, 2.2 billion, but it actually goes up to 6.2 potentially billion dollars, trillion dollars. So you're talking about a 6.2 trillion dollar bill, nothing like that. And this will deliver urgently needed relief to our nation's families, workers, and businesses. And uh, that's what this is all about. And it got a 96 to nothing. And I don't know, what was the number in uh, Congress? What voice, was the host, the voice, wow. that's yep. fantastic. I think it's just as close. That's pretty amazing. That's about the same thing, right, Kevin? Yes. So that's fantastic. But I want to thank Republicans and Democrats for coming together, setting aside their differences, and putting America first. This legislation provides for direct payments to individuals and unprecedented support to small businesses. We're going to keep our small businesses strong and our big businesses strong. And that's keeping our country strong and our jobs strong. This historic bill includes the following. $300 billion in direct cash payments will be available to every American citizen earning less than $99,000 per year. $3,400 for a typical family of four. So family of four, $3,400. And then $350 billion in job retention loans for small businesses with loan forgiveness available for businesses that continue paying their workers. The workers get paid. Approximately $250 billion in expanded unemployment benefits. The average worker who has lost his or her job will receive 100% of their salary for up to four full months. So things like this have never happened in our country. $500 billion in support for hard-hit industries with a ban on corporate stock buybacks. We don't let them buy back the stock. We don't let that happen. And tough limits on executive compensation. Over $100 billion to support our heroic doctors, nurses, and hospitals. And you see what's happening. And I want to thank, while we're here, also the incredible job that's done by the Army Corps of Engineers and by FEMA. It's been incredible. The, did four hospitals in two days or three days in New York, and they're like incredible structures. What a job they've been doing, and they're doing them all over the country. $45 billion for the Disaster Relief Fund, supporting our state, local, and tribal leaders. 
$27 billion for the development of vaccines, therapies, and other public health response efforts, including $16 billion to build up the strategic national stockpile with critical stockpiles. And I'm going to, we have uh, tremendous supplies coming into the stockpile, and you'll be seeing that and hearing about it a little bit because we're doing a, a news conference at 5.30 on what's happening. We've had tremendous uh, results on the respirators. We've had great results on uh, just about everything we're talking about. Uh, Boeing just announced that they're going to be making the plastic face shields, the actual shields, which are hard to come by, and they're going to be making them by the thousands a week. And uh, the ventilators, which is probably the most difficult because it's like, it's like building a car, uh, we will be announcing thousands uh, of are going to be built and we have them under contract and uh, we have fast deliveries as you know we delivered thousands to new york and unfortunately they were delivered to a warehouse which was good unfortunately they didn't take them but now they're taking them new york is now taking them and uh, redistributing them around the areas that they need so you have also 3.5 billion dollars to states to expand child care benefits for Healthcare workers, first responders, and others on the front lines of this crisis, and $1 billion for securing supplies under the Defense Protection Act. And as you know, I've uh, enacted the act. We've used it uh, three or four times. I pulled it back three times because uh, the companies came through in the end. They didn't need the act. It's been great leverage. I have instituted it against General Electric. We thought we had a deal for 40,000 ventilators, and all of a sudden the 40,000 came down to 6,000. And uh, then they talked about a higher price than we were discussing, so I didn't like it. Uh, so we did, uh, we did activate it with respect to General Motors, and hopefully maybe we won't even need the full activation. We'll find out. But we need the ventilators. Uh, I said hello today. I called him. Uh, a wonderful guy, Boris Johnson, as you know, he tested positive. And before he even said hello, he said, we need ventilators. I said, wow, that's a big statement. And hopefully he's going to be in good shape. I just spoke to Angela Merkel, and uh, she's quarantined also. She is right now uh, for a period of two weeks uh, being forced to stay in her house. So this is just an incredible situation. Last night, I spoke to President Xi. We talked about uh, the experience that they had in China and all of the things that have taken place. And we, uh, we learn a lot. They've had a very tough experience. And uh, they're doing well. And he's doing well. President Xi is doing very well. But we learned a lot. And we have great communication together. Uh, we're going to be sent great data from China, things that happened that they see that, uh, you know, they've had a they've had an early experience and uh, we're getting all of that information. Much of it has already been sent. It was sent yesterday and sent to our scientists to to study. So we'll have more on that also. We'll be discussing that at 530. Uh, I just want to thank the people behind me. They've been incredible friends. They've been warriors. They, uh, there's nobody tougher or smarter than the people standing alongside of me. And I think I want to start off by asking uh, Mitch and then Kevin to speak, and then we're going to go through a few of the folks in the room if they'd like to say something. But Mitch, I'd, like, I'd love you to say a few words, because you, uh, this man worked 24 hours a day for a long time. This is the result. It's the biggest ever, ever approved in Congress, $6.2 $6 trillion dollars. 
So, you know, we used to get used to the billion. It used to be a million, then it was billion, now it's trillion. And uh, it's going to go a long way. It's going to make a lot of people very happy. Mitch McConnell, please. Thank you, Mr. President. Well, let me just say this is a proud moment for our country, for the President, the Republicans, and the Democrats all pulled together and passed the biggest bill in history in record time. I also want to thank Kevin McCarthy and our uh, leaders on the Republican side in the House who helped speed this through to passage. The American people needed this rescue package. They needed it quickly, and we delivered. It's a proud moment for all of us. Mr. President, thanks for the Thank opportunity you. to be here. I'd love to shake your hand, but Anthony would get angry at me if I <laughs> So I better not do it. I can't. It's so natural. I just want to go back and shake his hand. <laughs> They've done such an incredible job. Kevin, please. Yeah, I, I do want to start. I want to thank all. Um, the, real, the real answer to America is we're listening to you. You do your part, and we're going to do ours. And that's exactly what's happening today. What Leader McConnell did was amazing. He made it bipartisan, bicameral. Uh, everybody was involved. I wish we could have signed this earlier this week. Maybe there weren't be as many people who are out of work, but this will put people back to work. I also want to thank Secretary Mnuchin. You've done an amazing job, and we thank you for that, and all the team that's here. Um, look, as I said in my speech, the virus is here. We didn't ask for it. We didn't invite it. Um, we didn't choose it, but we are going to defeat it together because we're going to work together. And this is the first start of it. The hospitals will get money, the money they need. The small businesses will be able to hire their employees back. That is a grant. You don't have to borrow from that place. The other businesses get a retention to keep your employees on. Uh, this has something for everything. And to the task force and the vice president, all the work that you're doing with this president, this will be the needed resources you need as well. And so thank you for that. And thank you for your leadership, Mr. Very president. special. Uh, Mike Pence, Mike. Could you please say something? You've been working very hard in charge of our task force, and then I'd like to ask Steve. This is the uh, president, and uh, they're just announcing the deal. There's nothing really newsworthy in this that's happening, except that now the president has signed it. The monies will be allocated, as we've been discussing now for a week. Uh, our medical experts at the top of the hour will take your call. The president's uh, daily coronavirus task force meeting he just announced at 5 30 and we'll carry that when that happens i represent one of the hardest hit communities in the hardest hit city in this country queens new york 13 dead in a night in elmhurst hospital alone our community's reality is this country's future if we don't do anything hospital workers do not have protective equipment we don't have the necessary ventilators and but we have to go into this vote eyes white open what did the senate majority fight for one of the largest corporate bailouts with as few strings as possible in american history shameful the greed of that fight is wrong for crumbs for our families and the option that we have is to either let them suffer with nothing or to allow this greed and billions of dollars which will be leveraged into trillions of dollars to contribute to the largest income inequality gap in our future there should be shame about what was fought for in this bill and the choices that we have to make there it is. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Ocasio-Cortez angry because all the new Green Deal aspects she tried to jam into this bill for relief for hospital workers on the front lines and, and workers displaced that need to pay their rent, need to pay their mortgage, and need to pay their car payment, and need to buy groceries, and, and so on and so forth. 
uh, were getting taken care of over her insane Green New Deal, which is you can see where the pressure in that party comes from. It is unbelievable. Uh, anyways, we go forward. I know a lot of people have a lot of medical questions, a lot of medical issues um, that you want answered. So I invited our medical A-team back, Dr. Brian McDonough, currently hosting a, a podcast daily on coronavirus, clinical professor, family medicine, Temple University School of Medicine. Uh, we have Betsy McCoy, former lieutenant governor of New York, chairwoman of the Committee to Reduce Infectious uh, Deaths. And uh, by the way, uh, she said about Cuomo's edict, if the reported correctly dooms thousands of elderly to death, basic infection control says identify the infected and contain them. She's talking about the decision that mandates New York nursing homes take people with corona back at the nursing home. Uh, welcome back, both of you. Uh, doctor, uh, thank you. And Betsy, let me start with you on that one issue. Um, do we know that are these are these people still capable of passing on this virus? Are they still well, contagious? Yeah, some of them are. Let, let me make it clear that I'm not doing I'm not trying to criticize Andrew Cuomo. We're all trying very hard here. But many other states are watching what New York is doing and requiring that nursing homes admit or readmit patients who have been in the hospital with coronavirus without even knowing if they still have it. This edict that the Cuomo administration issued yesterday bars the nursing home from asking for a test. And that means that the nursing home caregivers will be flying blind, not knowing whether the patient in their care has coronavirus or not. And you know, Sean, from looking at the data that in general, one person infected with coronavirus may infect two or three others, but one person with coronavirus in a nursing home produces carnage. We saw it in the state of Washington. We've seen it in other countries, and we know it will happen here, too, because most nursing homes don't have the isolation rooms or the trained staff to control this virus. Agreed. Uh, and by the way, we're going to take your calls for our medical aid team. Uh, Let me just point out that a heroic nursing home chain in New Jersey did the right thing. St. Joseph's Nursing Home, a Catholic home in New Jersey, was overwhelmed with coronavirus. They were down to a few nuns taking care of 90 patients. So Carol One stepped in and said, we will empty one of our facilities, move out all the patients who don't have coronavirus to other locations so we can take in these patients without endangering the rest of our nursing home residents. That's the way to do it. And in other states that may be listening, if you have patients being discharged from the hospital who may be infected with coronavirus, designate certain nursing homes and provide the capacity for them to safely take care of these residents. Let's. Uh, where's your take on where we are, uh, Dr. McDonough? Because, listen, we watch this unfold. America now probably has a couple of more weeks. We're going to be watching those numbers rise, numbers rise, numbers rise, numbers rise. If patterns hold, and I, I want to know if you think they will, then it'll level off and then a precipitous drop, and then we'll get down to no new infections. Do you believe that's going to happen here, and how quickly will we get there? I think, you know, the one thing Dr. Fauci said, which I'm sticking to, and I think it was probably something we'll hear 30 years from now, that quote, he said, the virus kind of sets the pace, it makes the rules. And I do believe the more I'm dealing with this, the more I'm seeing patients in, involved in this firsthand, the virus does make the rules. Uh, my feeling is we're still going up 
especially in New York, where we're going to get to that peak. And until we see those numbers starting to go down for a few days, and by that I mean three to five days, we don't really know what that peak will be. The problem with not knowing what that peak will be, Sean, is because we really didn't get to test enough people early enough. We didn't get those tests out there. And because at that point, you know, caught everybody kind of by surprise that it would be this aggressive. That is what happens. So we don't really know who's walking around with it, but we can watch the numbers at least. And in other states, we're obviously getting a better chance to do that, which I think is really important that the testing's out there and we're going to have a better sense of what's going on for predictions everywhere else. And of course... Yeah, go ahead. Betsy, go ahead. Of course, the issue of when to moderate or lift the lockdown depends less on how many cases there are. Let's not be confused and think that we have to be locked down until this virus disappears. Well, I asked the president about this last night, and the president was very, very clear in saying that, well, he, look, New York may be longer. California may be longer. We see bigger issues now breaking out in Louisiana. Uh, and I know more help is headed for Louisiana. Washington state might be a little bit longer. Uh, but other areas that are not seeing high incidence of this might be able to get back to business soon. And we got to remember one other thing. If we all want our grocery shelves full, if we all want our pharmacies full, if we all want the medicines that we all need and, and everything else in between, well, you can't shut down the whole country because we're not going to have anything at that well, point. Right. Sean, we, we have to remember, Sean, that we don't want our morgues full either. And I think the thing that we have to realize is when we get to but a point... By the way, Dr. McDonough, of course yeah. we don't want the morgues full, but we, right. we also have to eat. You have to balance it. The key I, by the way, hold, hold on, readiness. Betsy, for a second. Okay, but for a second, I, I, and I want to say, Sean, I've heard you. I know you're concerned about people. And I meant, what I meant is I do believe we have to respect the timing. More than anybody, I'd love in two weeks for this thing, you know, to be celebrating Easter, all those things. I'm, I'm in favor of if we can do it. But what I'm saying is it very well could be eight weeks, and I tend to be more on the side of you have to do this as an entire country and buy in, because if you don't, we may not be seeing things in other states because we're just not testing or getting those results or we're 14 days behind. We're like a we're, you know, Europe's nothing compared to us. We're so big and massive. We have to look at that. Yeah, but, but we got to apply common sense to this. Hang on a second. We've got to apply common sense to this. New York is an international city. San Francisco, same thing. Now, the question then is when people land there and they go to Florida or they go to Texas, wherever they happen to go, I mean, it, it, it makes sense why New York got hit harder, which, again, goes back to my argument. I'm, I'm kind of ticked off that New York should always be prepared, knowing millions of people, close proximity, pandemics are not good for them um, versus, say, people that are, are, are certainly have more distance, natural land distances between them. Betsy. Brian doesn't want the morgues filled. None of us do. But we have to keep in mind that the lockdown is also a danger to life. Deaths from despair are going to soar. People who have spent 30 years building a business and are told they have to shut it. People who have a job and they lose it. We know 48,000 people die in our country every year from suicides and tens of thousands die from opioid overdoses. So we have to be careful, as the president has said many times, that the cure does not cost more lives than the virus itself. Joblessness will cause a lot of suffering. And even when Andrew Cuomo invoked this shutdown in New York, he said 
The purpose of the shutdown is to slow the virus enough that our hospitals can get ready. And the trigger to to moderate that shutdown or even lift it is when the hospitals have enough capacity, not when the virus disappears. That could be a year. But once we know we have enough ICUs and ventilators and masks to accommodate the people who get truly sick and need to be in the hospital, most of whom are elderly, not members of the workforce, we can take on this virus and still run this country. Now you guys have taken over my show. I wanted people call in and ask our experts. Let's go. We will start with John in North Carolina. John, you're on with uh, Dr. Brian McDonough and Betsy McCoy. How are you? Good, good. If I go out shopping somewhere and I don't have any Purell, but I bring Lysol spray with me, can I spray my hands with it and that will work? Plus, any packages that come to my house and mail, I spray with Lysol spray. Is that effective? Here's what I think I can take. The big thing is, washing your hands with soap has been shown to even better than Purell or anything else. So the minute you get home from shopping, wash your hands, wash them carefully, you know, sing happy birthday twice. We've all gone over that. As far as packages, you then take the packages and you, you throw them away, taking out the food on a certain counter. You then go back and wash your hands again move your food to another counter, and clean the other counter. The virus is very stubborn. So those types of methods, even though it seems tedious, are are your best friend. And I think that's what we're doing when I'm shopping. That's what I do. I come in and I take those steps. And I think that can really make a big difference for you. And and like Sean, I know, said, you can still get takeout food and things and and enjoy those things if you use that kind of approach. Betsy? I I certainly second everything Dr. Bryan said. And I would also underscore that... Alcohol, isopropyl alcohol, ammonia, and Clorox bleach are very good at cleaning the surfaces. Don't go for those green cleaners that are full of vinegar. They do not kill this virus. All right, let's get to another call here, if we can. Uh, Rhonda, Indiana. Hi, Rhonda. You're on with Brian McDonough, Dr. McDonough, and Betsy McCoy. Hi, Sean. I actually just want to give you uh, just a comment, a real quick comment. As I'm watching the virus spread and how contagious it is, I also see in my social media feeds that the the fear, the virus of fear is contagious too. And so I just want to encourage my fellow Americans, as I would encourage my own sons when they're frightened, that hard times always end. They always end. Life will eventually return to normal, and hard times always bring us some treasures. I am watching my fellow Americans step up to the plate in amazing ways. I went Most to the fabric store yesterday for supplies to buy mm-hmm. to make masks, and they're running out of supplies because so many people are getting behind their sewing machines and making masks to give away. I, I'm seeing... People that in my news feeds just expressing so much gratitude for the American worker that is usually unseen. The people who are hauling these goods night and day, the people who are stocking the shelves, still dealing with the public, and our health care workers. Unbelievable. They're amazing. And we can go on and on only because I have a break. Rhonda, that is what I love when I see the best in America. That's the vast majority. Then you got your hoarders, then you got your price gougers. And then you got Congress, you know, putting, you know, I mean, the way they've acted is unconscionable uh, this week. Um, All right. Stay here. Stay with us. More with Brian McDonough, Dr. McDonough, Betsy McCoy. We'll take more calls uh, until the uh, 
Coronavirus Task Force and the President speak again, which may happen in the next half hour. If not, we're just going to take your calls. 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, continuing with our experts, Dr. Brian McDonough, Betsy McCoy. We have time for one more call. Clay, Florida. Clay, how are you? And uh, say hi to uh, Dr. McDonough and Betsy McCoy. Hey, guys. You're a great American, Sean. Thank you, sir. Um, God bless you. I just, want, I just wanted to say I've taken chloroquine for years on and off going down to Haiti. Now, absolutely, other than maybe an upset stomach, never, ever, ever had any side effects. I don't know if the doctors have ever interviewed people that have taken it sure, over the years, but I, I would take it yeah. tomorrow if, it, if someone wow. said, hey, you need it, just take it for a month. What do you think, Dr. McDonough? Excellent safety profile, um, and it's something that I think if we need to go in that direction, uh, that's one of the things that's nice about that we know about it. Well, uh, we are, are going in that direction. Yeah. I mean, and I think, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think you're right, Sean. I think that uh, that's where a lot of the reports are going, a lot of the doctors in the ICU and things. So I think uh, the, the opportunity to have those pills and use them in, in those select situations is going to be good, and it, it's mm-hmm. something, you know, that provides hope, I believe. Betsy. I agree. In fact, we'll have more data in just a few days because the president has delivered a large supply of doses to New York City, and they are being applied right now. On there's a, there's an official system. clinical trial, oh, albeit yeah. not right. It's going on in New York now. It started Tuesday. You're right. That's right. And then everyone should feel confident. But I read the study coming out of Marseille, France, and after six days, all of the patients treated with the Z-Pak and the uh, hydro, hydro, hydroxychloroquine. hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, I messed it up a time or two, virus too. Virus-free, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, guys, thank you. We really appreciate your expertise. Uh, All right, what a week it's been so far. When we come back, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just take calls next half hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Dr. Oz tonight, uh, the latest on the coronavirus, what we're doing, the media mob, how corrupt they are. I mean, it's despicable. Joe Biden is a mess. I mean, he's falling apart. They can't even do the, the podcast any longer. Straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number. 221 days till Election Day. Barely talking about it, right? Uh, It has been a disaster for Joe Biden all week. Frankly, his whole campaign. Um, I don't know much about this, but I can tell you that if this was about any Republican, if this was about Donald Trump, any Republican congressman, any Republican senator, just think what they did to Kavanaugh. That's all you really need to understand. And when you think things can't get worse for Biden, he's now been hit with a significant, serious uh, sexual assault allegation. And we're not talking about his usual hair sniffing and neck nuzzling and shoulder rubbing, which is creepy in and of itself. Uh, A woman has now come forward saying that Joe Biden grabbed her private parts and tried to force himself on her. Former Vice President Biden's campaign on Friday denying this allegation of sexual assault. It was leveled by a former Senate staffer of his calling the claim concerning and purported incident decades ago false. Women have a right to tell their story. Reporters have an obligation to rigorously vet those claims. Oh, uh, that's interesting. You mean the way they did Kavanaugh? Really? Uh, Because I don't remember any any due process or presumption of innocence in that case at all. We encourage them to do so because these allegations are false. Kate 
Bettingfield, Deputy Campaign Manager, Communications Director for the Biden campaign. Uh, in a statement given to Fox News, the allegations leveled uh, by a woman named Tara Reid, an apparent supporter of Biden's prim- uh, primary rival, Bernie Sanders, said that she was a staff assistant for Biden 1993 when he was in the Senate. She claimed that she was asked by a more senior member of Biden's staff to bring the then senator his gym bag near the Capitol building, which led to the encounter in question. He greeted me. He remembered my name. Then we were alone. It was the strangest thing. There was like, well, no, there was there was no like exchange. He just had me up against the wall. She continued. His hands were on me and underneath my clothes. He went down my skirt and up inside and he beep, beep, beep. And he was kissing me at the same time. And he was saying some things to me. She claimed that Biden first asked if she wanted to go somewhere else. I pulled away. Uh, He got finished doing what he was doing. He said, come on, man. I heard you like me. She said she felt everything shattered in that moment. Went on to allege that Biden looked at her and said, you're nothing to me. She said she attempted to share her story last year. No one listened to her. She said, if people want to know why women don't come forward, that's a good example of why. Marianne Baker, former executive assistant to then Senator Biden, rejected the allegations in a statement she put out. Uh, she added these clearly false allegations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, uh, will they media mob look into this they w- the way they would if it was Donald Trump? You know the answer to that. Uh, Democratic strategists, though, this was in the Hill, are growing increasingly concerned as they watch the president's approval rating soar because of his leadership during the coronavirus crisis. And Joe Biden, I mean, it, it has been one disaster after another. I mean, he starts off doing these, you know, his own little press briefings. Now, you know, th- thousands and thousands, I don't know how, what the actual number is, People do podcasting all the time, video podcasting, radio podcasting. Not that hard, not that complicated. You know, they start out, it takes hours, they're hours late for it. He's weirdly holding the phone in the one instance. I mean, just bad. And then he forgets he's on camera, walks off camera, answering a question. He's incoherent time and time again. Yesterday, he had four separate gaps. We all these truths, et cetera, et cetera. That's on top of the... Previous, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women thing. created by go. You know the you, you know, know the, thing. The, the, the the you know bumbling, stumbling, confused, confounded. It's a fair question. Does one have the strength, the stamina, the mental alertness, mental toughness for the hardest job in the world? A lot of people have been speculating all week. Andrew Cuomo is positioning himself to be available. Okay, how are they going to pull that one off? That'll be interesting to watch if they tried. Um, Now, it's also been, I mean, well, let's just go through some of the highlights. This is Joe Biden's week. Let's listen. And what we have done is the reason why most of the world has repaired to us, particularly after World War II, is because of who we are as a nation. We, the people, we hold these truths, etc. Sounds corny, but it's real. 
If we were setting up an education system for the first time in our history, as we did at the turn of the last in the late 1800s, we would not say 12 years was enough. 12 years is not not, not enough to live in a to, in the, tw- the the second quarter of the middle of the 21st century. None of us want to uh, be uh, cooped up in our homes just as the weather is turning nice, just as spring break travel plans are approaching, just as the campaign for the presidency is kicking into high gear. It's unfair to all of us and it's unnecessary for all of us, but it's necessary in fact. It's necessary for all of us to have to deal with it. And so there's a lot we can do, but, uh, um, you know, I, when I left the United States Senate, I became a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And um, <laughs> nope. I've spent a lot of time, in, and the University of Delaware has the Biden School there as well. So I spent a lot of time on campus with college students. Have you been uh, tested for the coronavirus? No, I, I have not been tested for the coronavirus. Uh, I've had, thank God, no symptoms that I'm aware of. Doesn't mean that that can't happen. Up for the next round of primaries, <coughs> including. <coughs> I've not talked to any individual. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, you're supposed to cough into your elbow. I don't know, sir. No, no, I learned that actually covering your White House. That's, that you no, do- actually, actually, that's true. But fortunately, I'm alone in my home. But that's OK. Vice President Biden, thank you so much for your time. Please stay healthy. It's for keeping businesses shut. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem uh-huh. worse no matter what. And no matter- what is it like to be a candidate in the time of social distancing? <clears throat> well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing fine, thank you. <clears throat> and I think we've been... Public, but first of all, in this crisis, <clears throat> I'd like spoke to- earlier, he's talking... About- <clears throat> and I tell you what, I'm so darn proud. And those poor people who have lost, you know, anyway, it's just... Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to No, me. no, no. Listen, we have to make a choice about who leads this country. I just I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's like watching a yo-yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching... It feels that way. <laughs> I want to ask... I want... <laughs> it's okay. About um, the reporting in the New York Floyd to Home Alone um, with children. Why doesn't mm-hmm. he just act like a president? That's a stupid way to say you it. You know, guess, Donald Trump really was asked wishing- us... Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I probably best I don't. That all happened this week. That's how scary this is. Uh, he's by, by the way, he's not going to have to explain, by the way, blame the Washington Post for covering this, why they did not replenish in the old Biden bomber years, as he says, the N1H1, as he says, uh, why didn't they replenish those medical supplies? They didn't do it. I mean, nearly everything in his campaign is upside down, including fun. Oh, he's trying to fundraise off coronavirus. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, he's uh, literally now. I, I, I don't even know what to say. His virtual happy live stream attracted 2,800 viewers. That's it. Biden wearing a Phillies cap and away. Quote, to be able to sleep with my wife, this is Joe Biden. This is one week of mishaps. Now you got a, a staffer sexual assault charge. One has to wonder where that came from. Hmm. I don't think Republicans are paying that much attention to Joe Biden, do you? Uh, anyway, let's get to our busy telephones here. Let's say hi to Marcus. Oh, and the mob and the media. They don't want to cover Donald Trump's daily coronavirus 
uh, task force updates. I wonder why. Why do you think that is? Because they don't want the president to be seen as leading? They don't like how successful he is? Let's go to Mark in Detroit. Mark, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, how you doing, Sean? You are so I'm good. How are you? Media. I am doing great here in Detroit, except for our governor. She's pretty damn lousy. Um, you are so right about the media not covering him. Uh, when he's on Fox News, of course, we're watching it intensely. And there's one thing that I noticed in the last press conference about two days ago. I have never seen a president divulge information valuable to the American public the way he did. He was talking about France and about about free trade, and some of our allies are our worst ones when it comes to the trade imbalance. And when he mentioned the ventilators, and they purposely changed parts in the ventilators so that we can't trade to them. And I think to myself, I've never heard it in the media. I've never heard it from a politician, a president. But we hear it from that man because he's honest, he's laser sharp, and he's 100% for the people. It's just mind-boggling. All these countries took advantage of us, and we let them, and nobody challenged them until now. And it's paying off. Uh, that shocked me, too. I had not known that either. That's a good catch, Mark. Really good catch. Uh, Detroit, we need you. By the way, the, the Defense Act, uh, the president did invoke it for GM. Hey, get moving, he said. Start making the ventilators now. They didn't do it quick enough. Now it's happening. Uh, all right, back to our phones. Uh, Larry in Florida. Hey, Larry, how are you? And we're glad you called, sir. Thank you, sir. And thanks for all you're doing. I really appreciate well, thank you up on things through you. You know, it strikes me that governors seem to be inserting themselves between doctors and patients in spite of legislation that um, Trump put in place, the right to try. And specifically what I'm talking about is uh, the Nevada governor, as well as Cuomo, have banned use of things like hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. And I know that you even have mentioned hydroxychloroquine is being used in trials in New York, but that's it. That's the limit. Oh, by the way, so, though, that, though, and, and that, those doses of hydroxychloroquine came from Donald Trump. Just like the five hospitals that are being built in New York, Donald Trump, just like the Navy hospital ship that'll be there leaving, it'll be in New York Harbor Monday, Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, I have, uh, I have more thanks than I could ever say to Donald Trump. But my, my question is, how can governors insert themselves between the doctor and the patient, even with right to try out there? They're, they're saying, no, you don't have the right to try, shutting it down. I've actually been working with doctors, I won't mention who, to try and and considering, you know, there are people that want to try this and doctors that believe in it and all the anecdotal evidence. I'm working with them to try and help them procure that which they would want to prescribe to their patients. I would take it and two seconds flat. There's my answer. But I don't I'm not a doctor. I don't I everything. And I listen, I know more about viruses more about hydroxychloroquine than I never thought I'd know in my life, but I, and more about this virus. I, after all my reading, I would take it in a heartbeat, and to say to the people in New York and the people in, in, in Nevada, no, I'm going to dispense it. Sorry, that's just not the way it works. I, I'm offended by it, to be honest. Um, anyway, good call, Larry. That's such a good point. 
I will tell you the thing that, again, we've seen such greatness. Corporations, I can't list them all. We've seen greatness and goodness and compassion and all hands on deck. That's the vast majority of our country. Then you see the worst in people. Then you see the hoarders, the price gougers. Then you see, oh, the hoarders and price gougers. You know, I never thought it's so repulsive and disgusting and despicable what Democrats have now, they've held up money desperately needed for hospitals, for hospital workers, for displaced, out-of-work Americans through no fault of their own, for small businesses hurt badly, been going through this crap for $75 million for the corporation, for public broadcasting and, and NPR and $75 million for the National Endowments for the Arts, another $75 million National Endowment for the Humanities, another $50 million Institute of Museum and Library Services, the Kennedy Center, $25 million bucks, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, $20 million, Legal Services Corp., $50 million. Oh, they even gave the IRS $250 million to come after us uh, when it's time. And, and money for themselves. It's just disgusting. It's despicable. And you compare that to the president. You get orders. You know, Cuomo waits, you know, tens and tens and tens of billions of dollars. Has no preparation whatsoever. I demand 40,000, 30,000 of these. The president's given him five hospitals. All the hydrochloroquine you can want. He's given him every single thing they've asked for. Um, and Well, he's so authoritative. And, and we're going to learn from this. Yeah, we're learning from it, Andrew, because Donald Trump broke the model and rewrote the book on how to deal with pandemics. And you sit there complaining, having done nothing in three terms to prepare for the worst, knowing that New York would be the most impacted by a pandemic. And New York is the number one terror target in the country. It's pathetic. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN. we got an amazing Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. I hope you'll join us. No days off. We're, we are all hands on deck till we get through this. That's going to get rough for a couple more weeks. Then it's going to level, and our hope is the pattern continues, and then we will we'll start getting back to normal. All right, amazing Hannity tonight at 9. It's been a rough week. We'll see you then back here Monday. Thanks for being with us.